All right, so I have no idea what this is actually going to be, but <laughs> we're going to talk about the NBA. We're going to talk about the Celtics. That's basically all I've got. I mean, I've got a lot, but we're just gonna we're gonna keep it to the NBA. Um, let's just jump right into this free agency. Listen, if you're psychotic enough to listen to this, that's on you. Free agency. We, we first of all, let's just refresh the timeline. Tuesday, last Tuesday, was Gordon's technical date to opt out. So they mutually agreed him in the front office to move that to Thursday, and the draft was Wednesday. So at least me, I was like, oh, okay, like we're probably going to trade him. Like we're probably going to like draft for another team or like do some sort of like trading draft picks type of thing. Obviously, if you didn't know by Thursday, if he was going to opt in or out, you couldn't have traded him in the draft. So I, I don't really know where my head was at with it. But I was like, oh, this is a pretty clear sign that like he's not staying because he would have just opted in otherwise. But whatever. And Thursday comes along, declines the option. Even then, we were still like, oh, okay, he could just easily extend with us if he, you know, that's all this could be is he could be like, oh, you know, I I really like being here. It's, you know, we're going to compete for the next handful of years with Tatum, Brown, Smart, Kemba, all on contract. Like, this is probably the best bet for me to win a championship. Let me extend and stay. But then it comes out. And I don't know if this was legit, but I guess he in enrolled his kids into a school in Indiana. Like how serious do you have to be about it to do that? <laughs> like he was dead. He's like, I'm going to Indiana. He didn't even go to Indiana. He didn't even end up there. But when Michael Jordan calls your agent on a Friday night in the middle of November and says, listen, we're going to give you $30 million a year for four years. No options. Guaranteed money. <laughs> okay. Like, I, like, what are you going to say? No. Like, there is definitely some appeal with the fact that Michael Jordan is making the decisions for the Hornets. Like if some random like 50 year old white dude called me was like, I want to give you a contract. I'd be like, shut the fuck up, dude. But it's Michael Jordan, especially in a small market. <laughs> like, And from a Charlotte perspective, just to touch on it. Is it an overpay? Yes. Because $30 million is $30 million. And if you're not, playing out of your mind like 30 million dollars is like superstar money and gordon hayward even at his best in utah is not a superstar he's an all-star he's a good player and he he, he even is now but he's not 30 million dollars good so whatever the Celts and the pacers were working on neither team was going to pay him that and they probably saw that offer. I like Gordon Danger probably said, Hey, listen, like Charlotte's offering us this. So unless one of you guys is offering this, like that's probably the deal. And they probably laughed and hung the phone up. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Danny Ainge on the phone, like, you want me to sign a wing for $30 million a year when I have three wings on the team better than him? That's a tough sell. <laughs> and I like Gordon. Don't get me wrong. Like, I remember how good he was last year before the, the ankle injury in the playoffs. I remember how good he was. Like, he had a really efficient season. What do you average? Like, 17? Whatever, whatever. I'm going to look it up. But he did he did play well. Defensively, he definitely lost the step because of the ankle injury and stuff. And, you know, the year he came back was just an absolute shit show for the whole team. See, so, yeah, I'm looking at it now. 18-19, he played 72 games, 26 minutes per. 
Average 11 and a half, four and a half, three and a half on 47 33 splits. Um, like that whole year is just such a question mark, though. Like every single person on the team should get an asterisk for not last season, 18 19. I mean, if that's what I said, 18 19, because there was talks like it was Jalen's year three, Tatum's year two. And everyone was like, they're taking a step back. You know, these kids were, you know, they were better last year. They took a step back from the, it's like, listen, bro. People forget that team went from Terry, Jalen, Jason, Smart, Horford, all making the conference finals, being like three plays away from making the finals. And who knows what would have happened if we did make it. But to take LeBron to game seven, to go all the way that deep, Marcus Morris, like Baines, Shane Larkin was on that team. And then the next year we bring back Kyrie off of, what was it? It was a, some sort of knee surgery, right? Something like that. And then you bring Hayward back off the ankle injury. So that whole season, they had games where they looked dominant. I remember they beat the Golden State Warriors and dude, we like destroyed them. And that was the game. I was like, whoa, we might actually be good here. Like this team might actually make a run. But then we have games like that Clippers game. We were up 40 and then lost in the in like the second half where it's like, oh, okay, this is not going to work out at all this year. And then the Bucs, we, and then even game one, we beat the Bucs and Paul Pierce is on national television. This series is over. <laughs> Four sweet right after. That was messed up. That was fun to watch. Just Kyrie completely implode in front of the whole fucking nation. That was cool stuff. But then, still looking at Hayward stuff. Last season, in 52 starts, 17.5 points, 6.7 boards, 4 assists. His splits were 50, 38, 86. Like, that's legit. Those numbers are legit. Even in his best year in Utah, 16, 17, he was 26. He put up 22, 5.5, 3.5 on 47, 40. 84 splits. So the fact that he was putting up similar numbers to that and granted the biggest step back was defensively. I remember hearing low on the, on his most recent podcast say that he could guard fours and some people on my Twitter were like, no, he can't. I agree. He just couldn't guard people as well. Like the smart Jason and Jalen have just passed him in every facet of the game except passing. But even then like Tatum's putting up double digit assists like Jalen made some passes. I was like, bro, I never thought Jalen would make that pass in my life. And I love Jalen. I was high on him in college too, but like, damn dude. And then smarts like probably the best passer on the team. So if you're Hayward, it's like, okay, the only thing I really had on these guys was my playmaking. And now even that's being like, <laughs> that's being degraded from these guys. Like, damn. And <clears throat> I'm trying to like mentally figure out the psychology for him to be like, I'm out. Because I think he wants to win. Because when he signed here, that whole Players Tribune article, like me and Brad Stevens have unfinished business, like from Butler. And Butler, they were competitive and almost won. And Utah, they were competitive every year. He was the best player on that team. He comes here, says this in the Players Tribune article. He wanted to come here and win a championship. And at the time, we had him. We had Kyrie before all the drama. We had Horford, still like relatively good. We had Marcus Smart like entering his prime. Some young guys that could have easily have been helpful in the in the run. We had Baines, like, you know. 
before the ankle injury season is what I mean that season we could have easily have made a push for the chip that year if everyone stayed healthy but first quarter of the season because even then we lost the next game to Milwaukee I think and then 16 and 0 after that like that team was good that year like even in the play I was going to say they were just a regular season team but even in the playoffs man taking LeBron to seven like that's not easy to do granted that team was not good and they got absolutely crushed by the Warriors in the finals that was a mugging. But in terms of Hayward, it, I think he wants to win. Because even last season in the bubble, he comes back, misses the birth of his kid, plays like blatantly plays through an ankle injury. Like he was clearly hurt. You saw the picture of him with the boot on a month after. It's like he was clearly not even close to 100%. He might, dude, he might have been like 50% in that series against the Heat. But even then, he missed the first two games. Comes back game three, we win in in like pretty convincing fashion. There's articles written. The Celtics needed Hayward back, but then he doesn't really do anything the whole rest of the series. Like he he's not defending well. He's like missing point blank layups in the middle of the paint. And now since I'm on his page, I'm just gonna go to the the freaking <laughs> the game logs of the playoffs last year. That like dude, that's bad. And again, I I, I hate judging him in what four playoff games on one leg after and this is underrated too his last game before entering the miami series was august 17th his first game in the miami series was september 19th so that's two whole ass months so when you bring a guy who's not 100 percent has been sitting down for two months in and out of the bubble remember he had to come back in and quarantine and stuff because he left and now he's thrust into a series where you're down 2-0 against a really good Miami team. Like, if Miami were healthy in the finals, if Bam and Gorn were never hurt, like, they're giving the Lakers a 6 or 7 series, like, pretty easily, I think. After seeing what Jimmy did and seeing, like, Hero and Duncan actually, like, you know, taking a step up as young guys, like, that team healthy could have pushed that series of 6-7. So, I'm going to stay on Gordon before I start ranting and shit. So him not playing basketball competitively or probably at all, because, dude, what are you going to do in the bubble? Like, are you just going to go with a coach to the, an empty court and shoot or like there's nothing you could really do? They didn't have like a training facility and whatever else. I know he did when he left the bubble, but still, that's two months of not playing basketball. And not just basketball, like the highest possible level of basketball while his teammates were. So for him to even put up, he put double digits up in three of those four games. The assist numbers were low. He only rebounded really in one game, but he didn't really turn the ball over. He was positive in both of the first two games. It was only negative two in, in that game five. Yeah, game, yeah, game five, where we won it by 13. That whole series, though, is just so fluky, man. The whole playoffs as a whole. Because this is my outlook now. Losing Hayward is bad, right? Because... As, as much as I think the other three wings we have in Smart, Jalen, and Jason, I'm just going to call them all wings, even though they're like our two through four. All three of them are probably better than Hayward right now. But he's right there. Like, you know, if you list every player in the NBA by skill, they're all like in that same, obviously Tatum's like another freaking realm. But those three are probably right there. I think Hayward's the last one, but they're all right there. So to lose even one of them hurts. Luckily, it was our older, old, oldest one. 
our most injury-prone one. And, yeah, but it's not like you could just replace that. Like, think about our team now. And I'll touch on the Teague and Thompson thing in a minute. But look at our team now with, with say we start the guys we started through the playoffs. It's Kemba, Smart, Jalen, Jason, Tice. You have Jeff Teague, who's, I don't I, like, at the minimum, like, Jeff Teague's not bad. Like, I don't think he's, he's not going to move the needle, but he's not bad. And then Thompson, who I think a lot of people are underrating because he's been on bad teams for a couple of years, but I'm, I want to get to him. I'm not trying to make this mad long. It's what, 12 minutes? So add Hayward to that mix as that wing on the bench, come off the bench, play 30 minutes a night. That's your eight. Like, that's your eight. As long as everyone stays healthy, that's your eight. But now it's like, oh, like, this is a problem. And not only did Hayward not get traded, he delayed his opt-in date two days, and then free agency opened Friday night, and he didn't sign with Charlotte until midday Saturday. So that's not bad. But ultimately, like, making us wait to see what's going to happen is like us missing guys that whole window of time. From like Friday night to midday Saturday, X amount of free agents were signed and we missed on all of them because we were waiting to see what was going to happen with Gordon. Are we going to take back salary? That that kind of screws us up. Whatever. So now what do you do? Like, do you, do you look at the wings on the market? I'll get, I'm going to open up this page to see who's like even left. But like, do you, you know what I mean? Like, do you look on the market now a week after free agency ends to see who's on the market? Like, that's a tough sell, man. There's not a lot of guys left. Yeah, I'm looking at this now. <laughs> I'm just going to read some names. I sort of this by position. So these are technically listed as shooting guards. Courtney Lee, 34 years old, probably not going to help. Andre Robertson, like, I don't think Andre Robertson could, like, hit a jump shot in a, in a professional basketball game right now. Sorry, Andre. Elite defender, but, like, what did he have? A, he had, like, an ACL injury, right? Like, a major injury. He's still only 28, but you need to add something to the offense nowadays. Etwan Moore, didn't you just sign somewhere? Yeah, Etwan Moore just signed somewhere. They just didn't have it listed. Wayne Ellington, I guess, is kind of interesting. Bellinelli's 34. He's also just not a defender. Kyle Korver's 39. Not a defender, but like, would you have a shooter that good? Him or Bellinelli, honestly, like, probably couldn't hurt us for like the minimum. I don't know. Vince Carter's retired, huh? Ah, Denzel Valentine. He's restricted. But like, is he any good? He's 26. I like I, I know I'm getting old because I'm thinking of Denzel Valentine and my brain's going directly to Michigan State. Ah, this is ah, he's not bad. Let me let me clear that up. His numbers aren't bad. He started 37 games in 17, 18, and then he didn't play all 18, 19, and then last year he played 36 games. Ah, yeah, I don't know. Shot 34% from three last year. He's probably not the guy. I don't I don't think he defends anybody. He's only 6'4", like that's small. I thought he's 6'7", 6'6". Damn. 
That's a tough sell. I, there's more stats that I would look at if I was genuinely trying to evaluate them, but I'm not going to sit here and scroll the freaking Google Chrome during a, a quote-unquote podcast. I don't even think I'm going to call this a fucking podcast. I don't even know what this is. This is what I do with my head anyway, so might as well get a fucking mic in front of my mouth and let me go. Here's one that I actually do like, Glenn Robinson the third. Now, I'm pretty sure he didn't even like make the cut to get minutes for Philly last year. But this is a dude who has NBA experience. He's he's 26 as well. I would have guessed he's more like 28, 29. He has at this point he has NBA experience. He's been in the league since 14, 15. He could shoot the thing. I was gonna say three and then thing at the same time. 37% for his career. He shot 39% last year total between Golden State and Philly. <laughs> Uh, in 1819, he only shot 29% from three with Detroit. But the year before, 41, year before 39, year before 38. So that, we'll call that a fluke season. So he's a guy you can bring on, man. Like, I don't hate Glenn Robinson. But, like, does he take the minimum? I think we still have the biannual exception because, based on what I've heard, um, Teague was a minimum contract, which surprises me because I feel like he's better than that, but I don't know. Or at least I'm surprised the team didn't offer that to him. But I think we still have the biannual. So if you go to Glenn Robinson and say, listen, dude, like two years, seven or whatever the biannual is. Wait, can you do that with a biannual? I don't think you can. This is biannual. Uh Uh-huh. All right. One year, three and a half. (laughs) Come shoot some threes. Let our young guys develop so you can get the fuck out of here. (laughs) I do like Glenn Robinson, though. For for uh, I'm gonna say this wrong. For Con Corkmaz, he he's weird. Cause didn't he have like a couple twenty point games like randomly for them? But I don't know. He he kind of just fits in that mold where he's like a young guy. We don't know if he's any good yet, and we have already like five of those. Kyrie Thomas, same thing. Jordan McRae's interesting, but I don't think he plays any defense. And Denver like just didn't really play him, or they tried to, and then they stopped. Shout out to PJ Dozier. Earning, earning playoff minutes last year. My my favorite thing about Ainge and the front office, because I want to group like Zarin and, and, and Austin Ainge into this too, because I think it's like a more of a three-headed monster than anything. Or like a committee approach, if you know what I mean. Not three-headed. There's you know whole FO there. But they have the most random players that just hit. Like Etwan Moore was like a deep second round draft pick. He's like a serviceable NBA player who I want to sign, but I guess he's already signed. Abdul Nader is like getting minutes still. PJ Dozier getting minutes still. I mean, obviously there's some misses in there, but still, it's like the most random players will just nail. And then every guy we have, everyone hates him. It's like, let's take a breath here. Let's actually stick with a couple of them, and one of them is bound to help. And then, um,. There's a couple other guys. I'm not going to list the whole fucking thing, but like Corey Brewer's 34 and can't shoot. Jamal Crawford's 40 and can't play defense. J.R. Smith is 35 and couldn't play in the playoffs this year. Tyler Johnson's a UFA? I feel like that's not true. That dude's coming off a huge contract, though. Could you convince Tyler Johnson to take the fucking biannual after what he just signed? I think he can. All right, let's go to small forwards just to look at some wings. Um... Didn't Wes the one do sign the other day or get traded somewhere? He's definitely not at UFA. Ryan, Ryan, bro. Is it, do you say Brokoff? Is that how you say it? It's definitely not how you say it, but he signed somewhere today. 
the, my issue is I know that everyone is signed. I just like because everything happens in like a day. I just completely lose who the fuck is where. Oklahoma City Thunder have traded and and traded for like twenty five different players in the whole NBA in the last two weeks. But hey, I'm just gonna say this: top of the list for small forwards that aren't on a team. Thirty one years old. Number one overall draft pick. Evan Turner. That's all I'm going to say. That's not all I'm going to say. Listen, I think the, the 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 type of player we need is more of a guy like Glenn Robinson who can just spot up shoot, sw- like defend, switchable, whatever. It's not Evan Turner because we have Kemba, we have Marcus, we have Tatum, we have Teague, we have like fucking six rookie point guards. We don't need another guy that handles the ball. But Kemba's a guy you could play off ball. Brad did it with IT and Evan all the time. You could play like smart off ball. He's a good enough shooter now. Teague probably needs the ball when he's out there, unfortunately. But Evan Turner, like we he knows Brad. He knows smart. He knows like the system. He is what he is at this point in his career. He's a good passer. He can't shoot threes. He's okay on defense. Like, he's not bad on defense. He's not going to shut down anyone, but he's, like, serviceable on defense. Good passer. Rebounds. Good ball handler. Best mid-range shooter I've ever seen in my life. So, there's that. <laughs> let's look at his Let's look at his basketball reference nicknames that no one ever calls him. Turtle. E.T. The Kid. The villain. <laughs> the kid could probably be under every single person's nicknames on basketball reference. Everyone at some point, especially if you're a hooper, has been called the kid, even if like sarcastically. The villain. Who the fuck has called him the villain? Sixers fans, because he was a, a bust as a first overall pick. Actually, wasn't he the second overall pick? Second overall pick. Sorry. Sorry, guys. 2010 draft. This is what happens to my brain. I just go down these wormholes of like, Evan Turner was the second pick? Who was the first pick in that draft? Oh, yeah, John Wall. Who was the fifth pick in that draft? Oh, DeMarcus Cousins. Wesley Johnson, number four. And then I go to his college stats, and then I'm looking at Wesley Johnson's like college free throw percentages and seeing where it went wrong. I, the, the basketball reference is like the Twitter of – no, that's probably not the Twitter. It's like the TikTok of basketball websites. You just – like you – without even realizing it, just keep fucking going forever until you realize it's like midnight, and you're like, oh, I got to go to bed. Like I'm, I'm looking at like Wesley Johnson's like 2018-19 stats. What about him? Is he a free agent? I feel like <laughs> while I'm here, Wesley Johnson's a type of guy where like if he could just shoot better than 33%, 33.7 in his career, he would have been re- like really helpful. Like he was never able to hit threes consistently. He did like kind of with LA, 37% and 13-14, but like never really like kept shooting well. He was like a solid player. He never like he just defended. He was just a solid defender. But yeah, I don't know. He kind of it's like Will Barton if Will Barton didn't score. <laughs> I don't know. I just made that up. They like the same like body type. All right, I'm rambling. Um, to touch on Teague and Thompson just real quick. I like both signings for what they're worth. 
like I have a rant about bigs in the NBA that I'm going to save for another one of these. But I like like if Teague, if you get Teague at the minimum for a year, you have nothing to lose. Like he's better than Wanamaker. I don't think Tremont or Pritchard are going to be ready yet. I don't think Carson is a point guard. And that's about it. So you need a guy like if you're contending, you need a like a veteran guy to come off the bench. I've been advocating for this for freaking years, but we've had Shane Larkin and Wanamaker and Rogier. It's like, just get me a Jeff T type of guy. I'm like old school with that thinking, but whatever. Don't get me wrong. I love Shane Larkin, Terry and Brad, but like clearly didn't win us a championship. So let's, let's uh, evaluate that as it is uh, in terms of Tristan. Like that's kind of a steal. I feel like people forgot about Tristan because he's been on the like the the, the the shitty version of the Cavs the last like three seasons. But this dude won an NBA championship at 24 years old. Like he's just a great rebounder. He's 6'9", 254. Like that's he's going to be able to like bang with Bam and shit down low. That was the biggest issue. I think him and Tice are going to complement each other really well and that's going to help. He, he averaged 12, 10, and 2 last year. Half a steal, almost a block. Like, he's going to help. He's he's not like a great defender. Or I wouldn't even call him a good defender, but he's like a, he's solid. Like, he's reliable. I don't even know. Nah, I wouldn't say reliable. I haven't watched him enough because, truthfully, I'm 23. So, the last, what, two or three seasons, he's been on a bad team. So, when he was playing on, like, LeBron's teams in the finals, I was like barely even old enough to like understand what was going on. I was like 18, but whatever. I was just watching it because, oh, LeBron's dunking on people. That's rules. But now that I'm evaluating in like this freaking like executive mindset, I'm like, I wonder what Tristan Thompson's like defensive player impact plus minus is. RIP to that stat, by the way. Congrats, Jacob, I think is who made that stat. But I think the issue with Thompson is that he's just been on a bad team. So everyone's like, yeah, it's just Tristan Thompson on the Cavs, like getting rebounds. But like, he's tried to shoot threes last year. You could tell last year, like on the contract here, he was like, all right, fuck it, let's go. Like, just started launching threes. (laughs) 39% on 23 attempts. We could work with that, dude. At least he's trying. That's been Brad's thing. Like, as long as he has a five that can at least shoot it a little bit. If th- guys, if Thompson hits 33% of his fucking threes this year, grabs 10 boards a game, it'll probably be more like eight because I don't think he's going to play 30 minutes for us. He played 30 minutes a game last year, started 51 out of 57. He's probably like, listen, I'm on a contract here. Can you just play me? <laughs> like, just play it. Like, I know like what the Cavs are. Just play me, please, so I can boost my stats. I like the signings, but now it's like we have to address the wing, and I'm going to wrap it up here, but we need to address the wing. And Romeo's hurt to start the year. Kemba's banged up to start the year. Neesmith hasn't played basketball since January. And he has a short offseason with no summer league. Pritchard, the same thing. I don't know if Tremont Waters is an NBA player. And he's also a point, a true point guard on a team with two of them already. But again, Kemba's banged up. He might get a chance early. So it's a lot of Shemi and Grant at the four with Tatum at the three. But Carson Edwards is going to get a chance here. And I have a rant about him too that I'm going to save, but I was high on him coming out of college. That dude can shoot the ball. Like, like I really hope he proves how well he can shoot the thing because I know he can. 
defensively, I think he has potential. He's got long arms. He's strong. He has that lower body that you need at six feet like Fred and Lowry have. I see a lot in him, but I don't know if it'll happen this year, so don't take my word for that. Um, all right, 28 minutes. <laughs> if you sat through this, fucking go get a drink. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, I think we're just going to keep posting these out of boredom. And if it picks up, it picks up, but otherwise, like, whatever. We have a, a month until the regular season starts. Uh, I don't know when I'm even going to drop this, but it's like Thanksgiving-ish, so have a good Thanksgiving. And uh, uh, Google each one more to see if he's on a team because I genuinely don't know. It says he's not, but I, didn't he just get signed today? I'm going to find that out right now. And with that being said, thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> it's like the family guy thing with Quagmire. Thanks for flying. Uh, you only get that if you've seen it. All right, I'm going to stop. Thanks, guys. 29 minutes. Gracias.